Rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's right. This is the first episode of 2021. We have finally gotten rid of 2020. It is in the past. It is behind us. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. So we are back and we're excited to do this episode. And of course, I'm Johnny Reyes. Randy Howard. Chris Reyes. My brother is here. He has never seen. We've been building this up. We have. He has never seen The Shining. And you're what, 36 years old? 37. 37 years old, golly. And he has never seen this film, so it's going to be nice to actually hear somebody's perspective of the film, you know, that's never seen it. And I, mean, I, don't, I don't feel so bad saying that I've never seen Star Wars now that he's 37 and never seen The Shining. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> but that, that's our, that was our reaction. We found out that my brother, like I said, uh, Chris, had never seen The Shining. I, it was just... I was like, really? Because I remember watching it when I was younger. But we grew up watching all the same scary stuff, but I never got around to it. I've well, seen snippets, and that well, was it. Well, my dad loved watching scary movies when I was a kid growing up, and his favorite line was this movie, Scarier in Hell. So that was like the one thing that I always heard growing up, and this movie right here was, was one of them. I used to love it. Well, like I said, we, uh, we're we still excited to be able to do this podcast. Uh Seems like our fan base is growing more and more. We're getting more viewers, more listeners. And uh, make this short and sweet. Uh, you know that you can find us on Facebook and Instagram on uh, Small Town Horror Podcast. So like I said, just give us a follow. And if you want to subscribe, tell your friends, family, whoever, look us up. Uh, we're on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh Oh, Lord, Breaker. I mean, pretty much on anything you can think of, we're on. Spotify. Spotify, yes. That was our big one. And, uh, and of course, Anchor. Uh, none of this would be uh, possible without Anchor. But just tell your friends to subscribe to us so they'll never miss an episode, and it'll be downloaded every other Friday. So, Chris, I know you're new to the podcast, so what we do is at the end of the review, we give the movie, you know, either no stars or five stars, five being the best, of course. And we're not going to do the star rating yet, but before we get into it, I just want to know, what did you think of the film? Um, I know you thought I was going to be all negative on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't hate it. Uh, it was just one of those movies. It's just it's a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hate it. It's one I would watch again. Uh, I thought there was going to be more uh, killing in it. Yeah, there was only one death scene. Yeah. So I was expecting a little more on that. Uh, but it kept my attention from start to finish. I was never bored or anything with it. And you know, one of the questions that I always ask myself, and which is stupid, you know, like I talk to myself, 
I love the film, and I now think the casting is perfect. Um, you know, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, and especially little Danny uh, Lloyd, who is uh, actually Danny Torrance. Um, but I was asked, would everybody be, you know, as hyped for this movie and always say, oh, it's a classic if it wasn't for Jack Nicholson being the killer? I don't know. I really don't think so. It's kind of like you were talking about it being a slow burn, man. It's the one thing that I've noticed and I thought about it while I was watching this movie is we've gotten so used to those hour and a half movies. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's not a movie that's complete action through the whole movie and it's one of those hour and a half movies, that they try to jam-pack everything in there. So this is one you kind of have to sit through the first 45 minutes to actually get into the you know, meat and potatoes of the, the movie. Um, but, yeah, with, with that Nicholson, I, this, I don't think this would have went... Which, the casting was good, but I'm going to have to, like, Shelley Duvall was, like, there were times where she was talking, mm-hmm. and she was saying her line, and it felt like I was watching a play, because yeah. the way she would deliver the lines, it was like she was reading it like she was on Broadway or something like that. One of the scenes that I felt that way was when she was sitting on the couch, and he was like, Mom, can I go get the fire engine? And it was like, she, to me, it was like she had the script right there reading it, you know, like how she was, I don't know, how her just her body movement. Well, see, for me, it was when she took him breakfast in bed. Right. She was sitting on the edge of the bed, and she would talk to him like she was reading a script from off to the side. Like, she would look at it real quick and then turn around and, and read it, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt that with every single person who was on the phone throughout the movie. Yep. Even the sheriff. The yeah. little the cop, yeah. Well, see, that's what even got me to watch the movie to begin with. And like I said, this is years back. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't like I was like six or seven years old. I mean, I was in my teenager years, but right. it was because it was Jack Nicholson. You know, and I love Jack Nicholson from, uh, you know, being the Joker from Tim Burton's Batman. You know what I'm saying? And it, and he even, we even pointed out there was a few times he would laugh for the look he would give. And you're like, oh, that's Joker right there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you talk about only having one kill and it was a slow burn. See, I feel that way, like, this time watching it now. Because now I have to watch it nitpick since we're doing the review on it. I kind of felt like it was just like uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker where it's a slow movie. I can't watch it all the time. Yeah. But, you know, it kept building up, and you're like, oh, he's about to snap, and then he wouldn't. Oh, he's about to snap, then he wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Well, the good thing about this was when it actually picked up, you still had a lot of movie left to go. Right. So it picked up and then kept going through the whole movie, through right. the whole rest of the movie. So while it may have took, you know, a good 45 minutes before you actually got into the to the grid of it, that gave you a whole other hour and a half to watch and actually see it all evolve and watch them slowly slip into madness well y'all talk about Shelley Duvall's acting yeah I, I do feel like there were some times where she was like you said it was on a, like a Broadway or right. but I will say when it got to the nitty gritty part she poured her heart out in it like yeah. I mean she was believable I put it that way yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. the only thing I've ever seen her in other than that is Popeye that's the only Robin thing Williams. Sings the only thing I've ever seen her in yeah but if uh if y'all don't have any more uh Comments, whatever, we'll get right into the review. Um, of course, this is The Shining. It came out in 1980, and it's uh, based on the 1977 novel by Stephen King. Uh, the movie was directed by Stanley Kubert, and the cast was starring Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance, Shelley Duvall as Wendy Torrance, Danny Lloyd as Danny Torrance, and I've got Scatman Crothers as Dick uh, right. Holleran. Halloran. Halloran. Halloran and Joe Turkle as Lloyd the bartender. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we're gonna start doing something new this year uh, we're gonna start giving a summary before we actually get into it so what I've got here is the summary is Jack Torrance becomes winter caretaker at the isolated Overlook Hotel in Colorado hoping to cure his writer's block he settles in along with his wife Wendy and his son Danny who is pl uh, plagued by psychic premonitions as Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's vision becomes more disturbing Jack discovers the hotel's dark secret and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac hell-bent on terrorizing his family. So we start off with the, <laughs> what you said, the credits, you know, you see the camera going over the water and it's going up, it's going to the hills and as the credits were going, what did you say it, what it looked like? It looked very old school, which uh, it's from what, the 80s? Yeah, 1980. 80, so yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing that caught my attention was just like the... I, I can see where this is Blu-ray, I guess, where they made it nice and crisp and clear. Right. But, yeah, like the text and stuff still look kind of old school. You know, you almost expect to see, like, the, the old real look to it where it had, like, the spots in it, you know, like yeah. the old movies. But, yeah, it's 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 crazy to see this movie from 1980 and to watch, like, movies that we watched recently, like from 78, from 74. Right. How much different this one is compared to those mm -hmm. and it's just over a couple of years even though it, for me the acting of this is like decades better right than something like Black Christmas like we watched last time from 74 or Jack Frost or Jack Frost which was from I don't know 1994 to 7 I don't remember 1990s stupid movie is what it was. <laughs> but yeah it's just like to see the way this movie is even though it was cleaned up for Blu-ray it was still a whole lot better than a movie that was done you know, right around the same time. Well, we start off when we see uh, Jack Torrance. He's going in for the interview at the hotel, the Overlook Hotel, and he's talking with Mr. Oldman, I believe is how they pronounce that. And Oldman is just telling him, you know, what the duties would be. And then all of a sudden he says, you know, and like I said, we're not going to sit here and go into full detail, but as he's talking to Jack, he starts telling him, well, there's a dark history, a dark tragedy that happened. Um, he says that they're opened from May 15th to October 30th. And the tragedy happened in 1970 when a man named Charles Grady killed his wife and two girls uh, with an axe. Chopped them up. Said that he was the caretaker for those months. And he went stir crazy from being isolated by himself, you know, just with his family. And, of course, Jack's just shrugging it off. He's like... You know, well, you, that ain't right. going to be a problem with me. Well, he even makes a comment that his wife's into that kind of, like, history. Like horror the, movies horror and stuff. Horror movies, stuff like that. So he, he almost made it seem like that it was a bonus. Right. For At least for his family or for his wife, anyway. Well, then we meet Tony during the interview. You know, it, it's going back and forth between um, Wendy and Danny, and then it goes to Jack. Mm -hmm. But we see that um, Danny is talking to his finger, and he's calling it Tony. I never, I, I still don't understand to this day what the finger was all about. I don't know, but I know he says that Tony lives in his mouth, but what's the finger for? Yeah, maybe that's the way to tell him apart. I, I guess so. I mean, like his shrill voice isn't enough. What it? I don't know. It's uh, to me it was pretty neat when Danny's sitting there and he's, of course, he's in his room and he's talking. No, he's brushing his teeth, isn't he? And he's yeah. talking to Tony, mm -hmm. and he says. Uh, your dad's fixing the call and uh, say he got the job. Tony's telling that to Danny. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, the phone rings, and it's his dad on the phone. 
and that's when he goes into shock when he's looking in the mirror correct that's when he starts seeing like tony showing him the vision of yeah. the blood and i think he even like does a quick flash of the twins i think so so danny is being able to, to see exactly what happened just not fully but just different little right. clips but i thought and we'll go back to uh danny lloyd the, the guy's real name i thought he did a good job of the film yeah, I thought he did too. It's kind of like I was telling you was we while we were watching it, he kind of reminded me of of Andy, the guy that played the kid that played Andy Barclay on mm-hmm. Child's Play, mm-hmm. just a like a darker, not right. so innocent, you know, feel to it. But I thought he did a really good job. Well, he goes into shock, and now we know okay something's wrong with this child. And when it cuts back, he's he's waking up and it's the doctor uh, sitting on it. I believe she's sitting on the edge of his bed. And she's mm-hmm. You know, waking up, she's like, hey, do you remember anything that happened? You know, and he can't, he says, I was talking to Tony. And when she starts questioning about Tony, he's like, he gets really quiet. And he's like, I don't want, I don't want to talk about Tony no more. Right. And I just thought it was funny because he, she's like, well, who's Tony? He goes, it's a boy that lives in my mouth. And she's like, well, if I open my mouth, if you open your mouth, can I see him? And he goes, no, because he hides where at in my stomach. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, I mean. Something a kid would say. Right. I was waiting to see something from, uh, I forget, it's another horror movie, but where somebody opens their mouth. The ring. And there's like a, an eyeball. And that's oh, that's not uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Uh, oh, was it? I yes. was waiting to see something like that. I was thinking <laughs> the grudge with the hand on the back of the head. Oh, and yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, so when the doctor leaves uh, his bedroom, she goes to talk to Wendy in the front room. And like you said, if... If it's, this was nowadays and Wendy told that doctor that same story, that child had been gone right then and there, no questions asked. But we have to talk about Wendy's cigarette because that's like one of the... That nine-inch Virginia Slim she had on? I put yeah. on their Beetlejuice ashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lady that was in the, what they call it? Death Beyond or something, the afterlife. The after, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, when they're waiting, it looks like a, almost like a... a uh, unemployment office yeah, uh-huh. yeah. they gotta take a number and she's just sitting there holding it and, it's, and you can just see it by uh, scene by scene it's just like oh smoke it <laughs> you know or yeah. knock it off like I've never seen like my parents smoked when I was a kid my grandma smoked when I was a kid I've never seen anybody get a cherry that far right just, it was like it was a good inch, inch cherry well the doctor's asking Wendy you know she's like is there any history with Danny is you know has anything went wrong and then is when she goes into about the father, and mm-hmm. that's when Wendy says, well, you know, what she said was like five months ago or something like that, or a year ago. He no, ref- no. He referenced it later in the movie, said it was three years ago. Yeah, and that's what, that's what I was thinking, so that got confused, because she said he hasn't took a drink in five year, or five months. Yeah. But then he says that was three years ago. But anyway, at some point, he got off work, and Danny had <laughs> papers everywhere, and... You know, of course, he went down, I guess Jack went down to pick him up, and, you know, he was getting on to him. And he was drunk. He came home drunk. Yeah. Yeah. So he yanked him up. But it, it was funny, though, the woman's face, like, as Wendy's telling the doctor, it cuts to her, and she's just sitting there, and she, I mean, she's just like, like a deer in headlights. Got that solemn look on her face. I guarantee you, if that had been today, the child services would have been calling that kid would have been taking him to the house. I put on my notes, too, like, Jack hurt Danny. Like, was he abusive? Like, was that the only time? I mean, that's the only time they referenced, but like, maybe that happened multiple times. I'm, 
I'm going to guess that was the one and only time. I'm going to say think? so. I mean, because even later on in the movie, when he's sitting at the bar, he talks to him, and he says, I never, I never touched the kid referencing yeah, something that happened later in the movie. But then he said just that one time where it was just a little, little extra little force that caused the shoulder to dislocate. One microscopic. One microscopic piece of energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah I, I, I would say it was probably the the only time that ever happened. And he she even mentioned that he said that he wasn't going to drink another drop and he's been sober for five months. Right. So it was clearly something they thought, you know, the alcohol did, so I'm not drinking no more alcohol. So now it cuts and all of it just says closing day. And we see... Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I like the way they did that. Like, throughout the entire movie where it was like... It was almost like chapters in a book. Right. Where they would, like, give the title of the chapter right at the beginning of it. And they would closing day. And then they would mm -hmm. go to Monday. And then they would go to Tuesday. And I like how they did that. And they kind of just kind of sectioned it off. I thought that was really good through the whole movie. Yeah, it, it, it's it's making you aware of the time yeah. of the day and stuff like that. Like, there's one that says 8 a.m., then 4 p.m., so you know it's the same day, you know. Right. Like, the very first one that I remember, like, off the top of my head after the closing day was the one month after they, you know, took the tour of the hotel and everything like that. It popped up with one month. So it was like, we're just going to go ahead and jump into it now. This is what's right. coming, you know. That's what I was wondering, like, how long were they there? Because it did the one-month jump, and then... I may be wrong, but I only seen it Monday, Tuesday from there on. So was it only was they only up there for like a couple months at most? The way it looked, they were up there for right around two months, or right around a month, maybe a month and a half. Yeah. Because I didn't see anything over like Thursday. Yeah. Like I don't remember seeing anything past Thursday. They did one month, and then I remember it going to like Thursday. But they were supposed to be there for a whole five months. Right. So I don't think they were even halfway through. Yeah, they wasn't. <laughs> you know. I mean, it was all, I guess they moved in, I'm guessing that was November-ish. Was it snowing and stuff? Uh, he they said closed they closed down October 30th, so yeah. yeah. So like November, early December? Yeah. And they explained why they closed down, because uh, they don't keep the roads clean enough to where they can, you know, come through. And You've clearly seen that, you know, later on in the movie with about 19 feet of snow. Yeah. Which I'm jealous of. Um, <laughs> we need snow in the boot hill. No, we don't. Yes, we do. But after the closing day sequence, we see the family has arrived, you know, and they're he well, they're actually heading to the um, hotel, and now they're in there, and here comes Mr. Oldman again, and he's talking to Jack, and Jack's, he's like, have you been waiting long? No, 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 we got to eat breakfast, you know, and he talks about... Uh, my son found the game room. Well, it cuts over to Danny in the little game gaming area, and he's throwing darts at a dartboard. Mm -hmm. And you see him go over to get the uh, darts that he just threw. And <coughs> as soon as he goes over to him, like, he cuts his head real quick. And now we finally see the twins for the first time. Creepy. And they don't say anything this time, I don't believe. I think they just look at him. I think they look at him, smile, and then turn around. Yeah, does it actually does it actually show them walking out of the room? I don't think it shows them walking out. I think it just shows them turning around. They may have taken a step and then it cut back. Then it cuts back to Danny. But uh, they're getting the whole story. You know, they're taking now they're taking the tour around the entire hotel and they're going out through the maze and just looking around with. Like I said, uh, I'm gonna guess Mr. Ullman is like a manager there. I don't think he'd be the owner. I mean, maybe, but... That's what I was kind of thinking. He was just the owner of the place. The, the like, owner? 
He's not stupid. He's not going to get stuck up here. He's going to hire somebody else to come right. in and do it. Yeah. You babysit the place for a few months. I'm going to go to Florida. <laughs> but he's telling the Torrances, you know, uh, that the hotel was actually built between 1907 and 1909 and that it was actually built on an Indian burial ground. And that's funny because I really don't, after I've seen this movie a dozen times, I don't ever remember him saying that. But there, there was a couple things that caught me watching it during this time. Yeah, I didn't remember, like, it's been years since I've seen the movie, but I, I did not remember where they were talking about it being on an Indian burial ground, which throws it all off. A poultry gas. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was fixing to say. So was that like, you think that, I guess they didn't really allude to it, but was that maybe why all the visions and stuff were happening? Because, you know, that was the thing from that movie, you know. Yeah. yeah it, it was like bad on. luck to build on top of one, you know, because that's what happened on the other one. Right. And the other thing is, is uh, the 19, you know, he said it was built 1907-1909. And the only time he ever, it seems like the, the tragedy happened was when, what was his name? Uh, Grady. Grady yeah. killed his family. So was there ones before him? Or was that the only, you know what I'm saying? Man, I don't know. If that, and that's kind of what threw me off, too, is like later on in the movie where you, she's, you know, you're seeing these visions of these people that are dead or, or almost like ghosts in the hotels. Like, where'd these ghosts come from? Right. You know, did more people die in here that we just don't know about? Or or what was it? Don't know. Could it be just the spirit of people that had stayed at the hotel back, you know, in the early 1900s? Well, now we're Indian burial ground coming back. <laughs> if that's the Indian burial ground coming back, then them Indians was wearing some 1920s. Clothing. <laughs> weird looking. So now we meet Dick. Uh, Dick Hollerin. And he's, you know, taking... Uh, no, he meets the, the whole family at that point. And, and the gold room. Is it the gold room yeah, where he meets them? Where he goes right at the bar. That's right, yep. And um, anyway, he walks up and Mr. Ullman tells him, Hey, why don't you go and show Mrs. Torrance and, you know, Danny the kitchen. So now they're touring the kitchen, and I, 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 I guess, like I said, I just didn't pay attention. I knew he called him that, but it didn't catch me this time when Mr. Holleran calls him uh, Doc. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait a minute. She's like, well, how do you know we call him Doc, you know? and So now you can already tell, okay, now there's a connection between these two. Right. Um, and as they're in the storage unit, you know, first off, that freezer, when he shows them all the meat, that was insane. He says you. He says you can stay for what a year and never eat the same meal twice. Yep. yep. So then they go to the actual food storage unit, and he's showing them, you know, all the canned goods and everything. And I think it's so cool that he he's talking to Wendy, like you know, regular voice. But then he looks over at Danny, and in his mind he's like, "What's he say? Hey, Doc, you want some ice cream?" Or he he, he, called, he actually said, "Doctor," which threw me off. He says, "How would you like some ice cream, Doctor?" Yeah. yeah. When he when he said Doctor, I was like. Yeah. What the heck? When I seen that, like, when they started talking about the shining, like, I guess that's just like a telepathic way of communication. Because mm-hmm. the first thing that popped in my head was Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what when when he did that, I because I was like, I remember the first time I watched it. Looking into it now as an adult, as opposed to when I was a kid, and I didn't really pay attention to this kind of stuff. I was I, I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, okay, you give no indication of what's going on. Right. So we got to get some kind of explanation as to why this guy just looked over and then started talking to this kid through his head. 
but then not five minutes later, we get the explanation. Well, see, when I first watched it, I had, I mean, I'm, I'm being serious with you. I was lost with the whole movie. Yeah. Because I didn't know what, what the deal was, right. you know. I didn't know why, like, when the little boy was sitting up later on in the movie, when he's on, t- when he's sitting uh, up in his bed and he's, like, spitting, you know, he's like, it looks like he's having a seizure. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the heck's this? You know, I, but, right. but now that, you know. Did I'm, they ever explain how he got the name Doc? Yeah. Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. She said we we watched cartoons and we always called him Doc. Like and oh, even even oh, I heard I, the guy say what's up Doc. Yeah, I didn't yeah. hear the mom say that. Okay. Yeah, she said that that's what that's their favorite cartoon or something. They yeah, get up and watch it all the time. Um so they go and get ice cream and so now it's the first uh discussion interview or not interview, good lord, the first <laughs> discussion that Danny and I'm just gonna call him Dick. Because <laughs> I don't like his last name. <laughs> Dick and Danny are talking, and now he's asking Danny, you know, do you know uh, what your what your gift is? Yeah. And at first, Danny's not talking to him at all. And then he says, well, he says, I've had this. He said, my mama called it The Shining. So right there is your first, you know, okay. So now they're connected. And then he says, there's many more like us. Some know they got it, some know, some don't. Right. Yeah. So he said that I was like Peter Griffin, like, oh, he said the title of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, well, here's her title. But, so, you know, Danny's sitting there listening, and then now finally he's like, uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to, oh, he says, does your parents know about your gift? And he says, I'm not supposed to talk about it. And Dick asks him, he says, why, who told you you're not supposed to talk about it? He goes, Tony. So now he's explaining to Dick about, uh, the boy that lives inside of his mouth and that um and that that was another thing is is that just the way that he's coping with being able to do this is he just made his own little thing up that it's a little boy living in my mouth or what you know i think there's got to be more to it than that because he was getting the visions earlier in the movie from the hotel so i think there's i think there's something more to it than him just figuring out a way to cope and with, right with it and talking to his finger well i know y'all haven't seen dr sleep yeah but and you know i, I think it got bad reviews which <laughs> I, I i did enjoy the film it, to me it wasn't as good as the first one which you know it was gonna be hard to beat anyway well they didn't have jack in it right and that's what killed me so many people were like oh, i'm only gonna watch him jack i'm like dude he's old and fat now he ain't gonna <laughs> you know what's he but anyway uh but they never refer. He, I don't think he ever references uh, Tony in that. Like he never does the finger thing, and he, really? yeah. I mean, he and he does. The second one deals with more of the shining gift, but I don't ever think he actually does the finger or talks about Tony. So that's what I was like. Is it just as a child he was? That's how he uh, coped with it, you know. Right. Well, like with the the Tony thing too. Like it looks like that took its toll on him because mm-hmm. like early on when he was talking to uh, Halloran about his gift or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why it stuck out to me. Maybe because I got bags under my eyes all the time. But he looked very tired. Like, under his eyes were all, like, kind of pink and purple. Mm-hmm. Like, he just hadn't been sleeping at all. Right. So, like, it had been going on for a little while. Yeah. I noticed that. Uh, and, like I said, I think I, it was even Jack later in the movie. I was like, look how pale he looks. Yeah. Like, and then, of course, Shelly Duvall, you know, she crying through the whole Lord. second, third act, you know. I'm pretty sure she was straight ghost white at one point. But... um as they're finishing up talking, he asks uh, Dick, "You know, are you are you afraid of anything here? Is there anything to be afraid of?" And he's like, "No. Why would you ask me that?" He goes, 
what's in room 237? And it's funny because he's like, there ain't nothing in room 237. And there ain't no reason for you to go up there either. You know, yeah. like, he he totally, like, I don't know how to say it. He totally just made them, no, there ain't nothing in there. But you don't go up there just in case. You know, it's like. Well, that's like in a hotel you don't talk about the 13th floor. <clears throat> right. I mean, that's and in, in, just don't talk about it. As uh, it's just like you tell any kid, like, don't mess with that. What are they gonna do? They're gonna mess with it. <laughs> don't touch that button. Hey, what's this just, button doing? You pique their interest. Yeah. Now they want to see what's behind the door. Well, I'm 34 years old. If you tell me not to do something, I'm gonna wonder what happened if I do it. Right. Just, that's just how it works. So now it cuts to a month later. Mm -hmm. So now, okay, we're a month into this. They done got everything settled, and it shows Wendy and she's making breakfast for Jack. Mm -hmm. And this is this the thing that you were talking about? You said you felt like she was reading the script, or was that you? Yeah, it was, it was you. Uh, but <laughs> what I laughed about is uh, she's talking. It's like every th time that Wendy's talking to uh, Jack, it's like she annoys him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dude, they've been there a month, and he's just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you still here? <laughs> Through the whole movie. It's just like anytime that she's, it's like her voice annoys the crap out of him. It's like after a month, I think he was thinking, now I know why Grady killed his wife. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> when they were in bed too. Like uh, that's the first time I noticed it, but I liked the the way the movie was shot. Yes, the camera angles and stuff. Yes, I was showing him in the mirror instead of on him. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, you look at it now, like that was kind of foreshadowing the whole red rum thing towards yeah. the end. Yep, because she's seen that in the mirror. I actually got it wrote down about the camera shots. I will discuss that later. But, yeah. uh, yes, I love the, the way the movie was filmed. Um, well, it's funny because she's talking to Jack, and, you know, he's he's sitting there eating his breakfast. But, like I said, every time he answers her, he raises his eyebrow, and he's like, yeah. You know, he's just that little smart like attitude. But, you know, she's asking him how does uh, he like the hotel, and Jack says he fell in love with it love with the place and he's like it's strange but I feel like I've been here before yeah. he's like as soon as I walked in I fell in love with this place I feel at home so that kind of made you go well you know where's this leading to right and now we go to the maze so now it's Wendy and uh, Danny going through the maze and I don't remember how tall they said the walls were like what 15 foot 13 13 feet? something like that 13 15 in some spots as soon as I seen that too the first thing popped in my head Harry Potter and a Goblet of Fire. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the first thing popped in my head was uh, uh, the movie with David Bowie. Labyrinth. Labyrinth, yeah. yeah. That's the first thing I, that popped in my head. Golly. <laughs> Two horrible movies. Hey. But anyway. Hey. <laughs> no, but anyway. Uh, so they're just going through the maze. They're trying to find the, the middle of it. But I'll, this is one of my favorite shots is Jack's walking around and he's bouncing this ball. Mm -hmm. And... He goes over to a table, and you can see, like, a miniature maze. Like, it's the layout of it. Uh, what would you call it? Like uh, a scale. Yeah. Kind of. And he puts his hands down, and he's looking at it. And then, all of a sudden, it shows the middle of it. And you can see Danny and um, walking. Wendy walking in yeah. the middle of it. I just think that was cool. You know what I mean? I know. I don't guess it was supposed to represent that he's seen them. But I just thought it was cool that it, it went from a toy to boom. And now it's zooming in on them. Right. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the owner of the place when he was walking them through the grounds too, this kind of comes back in towards the end of the movie. But he says, "Don't go in there unless you've got like an hour to spare." Mm -hmm. So I didn't I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Well, now it cuts to uh, Tuesday, and 
she's in there, of course. I guess she's, yeah, she's opening a can of like, it looks like fruit, mixed fruit. And the television says a huge uh, snowstorm is coming. <clears throat> and while she's listening to the news, we see Danny riding his three wheeler and he stops in the hallway because he seems uh, room 237. And just like y'all said, you know, you, you tell a kid not to do something, he gets up off the three wheeler and the doors are locked. So gets back on it, he takes off and she goes upstairs to tell Jack, no, I'm sorry, Jack is, uh, he's writing. For the yeah. first time we see Jack actually in the room typing, you know. And this is what killed me is she comes in and she's like, hey, there's a huge snowstorm coming and she's all perky, she's happy. Not about snowstorm, but she's just like, ain't it a beautiful day and blah, blah, blah. And this is the first time we finally realized, okay, something's wrong with the dude. Yeah. This is the one that I was thinking every time she says something, he's just annoyed. Immediately, I was like, wow, he's just douchey right out the gate. Isn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you think they've been there for a month. So the first thing that popped in my head, I was like, man, it didn't take long for it to take its toll on him. But yeah. then you kind of think about the way they would talk about him in the past. And it's like, I think he was always a jerk. You know, and I don't think, I think he was always like that. But some of the ways that he, before that, like when they were on their way to the mm -hmm. hotel, the way he would talk to her and to Danny, it was like, jerk? What are you, what are you yeah, because remember Danny said, I know all about ca cannibalism, mom, because I saw it on TV. And he's like, you see that? He saw it on, on the, the TV. TV. You know, yeah. like, he's, yeah. but it kills me because he's like, uh, when you hear this, or when you, when you hear me typing, yeah, he's like, that tells you not to have to come in. Like, he just... Gets so pissed that quick, but... And you notice when he took the paper out, he flipped it over so she couldn't see it before he ripped it up? No, I did not. Yeah. I wonder if he was already, like, typing, you know, the little phrase that comes up later in the movie. I didn't notice he flipped it over. Yeah, he when he seen her come up, he kind of pulled it up and just flipped it, and then he ripped yeah. it up in front of her, like, yeah, now I gotta get back on track, or whatever he said. Yeah, because she says something about, have you gotten anything together? And he pulls it out, and she's like, yep. And then just pulls it out and just kind of turns it over. Yeah. Didn't pick up on that one. So, well, now it flashes. Now it's Thursday. So we went from Tuesday to Thursday. Skipped a couple days. And Wendy and Danny are playing in the snow. And this is where we see Jack. He's just, I don't, I guess he's looking out the window. I don't know if he's watching them. But this is where I said he looked real pale. Mm -hmm. And he's just like in a dazed. And the music's picking up. You can tell, okay. You it's know. almost like he was in a, like a catatonic state where he was just sitting there just out of it. I put yeah. it on there. Uh, he's looking outside while his family is playing in the snow. He looks like a man possessed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> in a nutshell, yeah. And then I'll, then it cuts right to Saturday. So now we skipped a couple more days. And uh, Wendy's using the radio. She's trying to use the uh, radio to get a hold of the uh, yeah, Forest she, Rangers. Yeah, she's trying to use the phone first. Right. And like she, it, you can tell it's, it was a long time ago because she's got that old board. Mm -hmm. And she's plugging in right. the wires and stuff, and she can't get anything. So then she goes back to the radio to phone in, talk to the Mounties, I guess. Yeah, the Forest Rangers. Yeah. So she finally gets on the the radio with the Forest Rangers, and she's telling them the phones are down. And he's like, ah, it's probably the storm. And he goes, keep your radio on. We'll keep checking in with you guys. Well, while she's talking to them, Danny's riding his little three-wheeler again. And the big scene, the well-known scene that's about as popular as the Here's Johnny scene. Mm -hmm. He cuts that corner, music hits, and there's the two twin girls. And, you know, they say their famous line, Come play with us, Danny. Come play with us, Danny. And then, it like, 
as he's seen them, his reaction kills me every time. <laughs> but as he sees them, they're alive. Then they're they're laying there dead, chopped up, live, chopped up. And then he's like, then the girls say forever and ever and ever, you know, and covers his eyes. And when he finally, you know, looks again, they're gone. Well, you gonna say something about that or? No, I think the uh, the next scene. What's the next thing? Uh, well, it's right after he goes and asks if he can get his fire truck when they're sitting in bed. That's what I got. After that, it, it comes up says Monday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, it's like they're skipping a couple of days every time. Yeah. And uh, Danny and Wendy. And this is the one where I said I felt like Wendy <laughs> was just... It almost, to me, is like... I know I know they weren't doing it. And like I said, I'm not trying to say she was a bad actress because I, I think she's a great actress. Right. But it, just this scene, how she's just sitting on the couch and he's down there playing, it's like somebody was going, okay, tell him, your dad just went to sleep. Dad just went to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it was just, no. She, you, she was sitting on the couch. Right. And you couldn't really see what she was doing. It, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if she had the script in her hand, reading line for line whenever he was talking. But he asked if he can go get his fire engine. And she says, you know, your dad just went to sleep a few hours ago. And he's like, I promise I'll be quiet. Well, when Danny tiptoes up there and he goes into the room, all we see is Jack sitting on the side of the bed and he's like in that trench again. He's just looking out the window. Mm-hmm. And then when it cuts to Jack, and then when it cuts back to Danny looking at him, then it cuts back to Jack and Jack's looking at him this time. Is that what you was going Yeah, I put on there, uh, both the father and son both seem very similar as far as saying very little. Like, really, they both do, like, little quick one-word responses or just quick, like, you know, uh, just saying very little at times. Uh, but then at, at times, they both seem like they're both possessed. That, like they're almost on the same track. Right. Or, you know, or different sides of the track. Or, yeah. You know. I just, I, that scene, like, it was, it said a lot as far as the way Jack was. But I couldn't, like, the little kid going, Dad? Da-da-da-da-da. Dad? <laughs> Da-da-da-da-da. I mean, it was just like, he was just like, Dad. Focus. Look at me. Right here. <laughs> it's Turn almost like he's, he's he's scared of his dad. Oh, ever, he was petrified. Ever yeah. since the, you know... No, that scene right there, that kid was petrified. But but, but this is for the first time uh, I've ever noticed Jack says this. He's talking to his dad. Excuse me. And he's like, uh, you know, of course he's sitting there going, Dad, you wouldn't hurt me and Mom, you know. And mm-hmm. automatically Jack thinks he he's like, did your mom say something like... He's always going directly hatred toward the mom. Immediately went after her. But he's like, he's like, no. He goes, do you like the uh, dad? Do you like the hotel? And he goes, I love it. He says, I wish we could stay forever and ever. And and I was like, when I seen it this time, I was like, oh crap! I was like, he, I never noticed that. Well, see that scene right there when they're sitting there talking to Jack. I mean, you, you really get. A really good look at the way Jack Nicholson does his facial expressions. Yeah, I honestly don't know of anybody that does facial expressions better than Jack Nicholson. He works some eyebrows, honey. He does, man. It's like his eyebrows are touching his head. It's One like person I compare to Jack Nicholson, Leonardo DiCaprio. I wouldn't even put. I mean, Leo maybe number two, but Jack Nicholson. No, I ain't saying he's up there with him, but I'm saying as far as his facial <laughs> yeah, expressions, yeah, yeah. I think Leo's. But man, it's just like every time he said something. His facial expressions matched it completely. Like, through the whole movie. Like, when he was pissed off in the movie, mm-hmm. his facial expressions showed him he had that them creases in his forehead, his eyebrows were kicked up. <laughs> he and had his, those uh, intense eyes. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. 
That's why when he plays a good guy, it's hard for me to picture him. Like I'm like, he's gonna shoot somebody or something, you know. And it's weird. it's it's when he got older is when you start taking him more like as a good guy, you know. And it's weird watching him like watching this and maybe watching like a few good men mm-hmm. where he played the the jerk colonel. Yeah. But then watching something like as good as it gets. Right. And then watching how he's bucket list, bucket and list, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Hey, was a good one movie. of my favorites, anger management with him uh, and Adam yeah. Sandler. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That blows my mind that he would do stuff like that, you know. But, so now it cuts to Wednesday, and we see room 237, Mm -hmm. and he's riding his little three-wheeler, I believe. No, 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 he wasn't. He was playing. He's playing on the rug. It looks like he's, I guess he's got his fire trucks and all that, and he says, Mom, I guess he saw something going into room 237, but he realizes the door is open, and the key Mm -hmm. is in the doorknob. So he goes inside, and then it just fades off. Like, you don't see him, and it cuts to uh, Wendy. She's down in the boiler room. I guess she's checking all the electricity, the heat, all this stuff. And you hear Jack screaming. And he's screaming, moaning. Uh, you can just tell he's having a bad nightmare. I didn't even think it was him. I thought it was, like, more of, like, you know, how they're seeing stuff throughout the movie. Right. I thought she was finally, like, hearing stuff. Right. Down, like, somebody down there with her. Yeah, because, uh, well, I mean, toward the end, she finally does start hearing all the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's sitting there hooting and hollering. <laughs> so Wendy goes to check up on him, and, you know, he she wakes him up, he, and he falls out of the chair, and he's like, I've had the worst dream. You know, and, he, and this is the only part you can tell that he's vulnerable and that he's, like, legit upset that yeah. he had this nightmare. You know, this it's like almost like this is the, the real Jack Torrance, like the family man. And he's like, I had the most awful dream. He's like, I dreamed that I killed you and Danny, and I chopped you up in little pieces. <laughs> you know. Well, see, the way he progressed into like slowly like losing his mind mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of um, Amityville Horror when yes, Ryan when Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds would just like slowly, you could like see him at the very beginning, and he was all cool, calm, and collective. Right. And then later on in the movie, it's just like you slowly watch him just get irritated at everything, mm-hmm. and then finally he just loses his cool. So as she's consoling him, Danny walks in real slow. In that ugly sweater. <laughs> the sweater's tore, and he's sucking his thumb. And she's like, Danny, just you know, go upstairs. I'll be up there in a minute. And she, then now she realizes, wait a minute, something's wrong. She runs over, and he's got a big old, it looked like a handprint. Yeah, it is. It yeah, was a handprint. Was, he got, was being strangled. Handprint on his neck, and he's not responding. I'm going <laughs> to guess that he's out of it again. It's almost like Tony took over again. Yeah. And she picks him up, and she... <laughs> And she just looks over at Jack, and he's like, like he he looks out of it, like confused. And she's like, uh, "You did this to him." So now she's pointing the blame at him, and he's not defending himself. He's not saying, you know, no, honey, I didn't do it. He's just out of it. And she calls him a dirty word, mm-hmm. and she takes him on up to the the room. And I guess that's finally what set Jack off is that. Now he goes to the next scene, which is the scene you said you really like. Oh, I love that scene. The gold room. Yeah, he walks up to that. Something about him walking down that hallway, and he's, like, physically disturbed. Like, you can see him, like, jerking and all that kind of stuff. And then he walks into the the, ball, the gold room and then walks up to the bar, and it's just that, that interaction that he has with the bartender. Just, I love it. And it's like you get them, you get some really, like, key Jack Nicholson vibes. Oh, yeah. Like, from any Jack Nicholson movie you've ever seen, you always always got that voice. Yeah. He does that almost through that entire scene. 
when he was walking down the hall too, wasn't he like he was ticked off? He was like kind of punching the air yeah. and kind of mouthing. And then when he walked in there, it just kind of melted away. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go have a drink. Yeah. I love that he's sitting there and he's like, the, the first line he says is when he's like rubbing his face and he's like, hey, Lloyd. And he's like, slow night, in it? And he's like, <laughs> and he does his little Joker mm-hmm. laugh, we call it, you know? Yeah, that, that scene is one of the best scenes of the whole movie. I love it. And that's what I figured you wouldn't really cared for was how long the dialogue was. It was like, I watched Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. It can't be any longer That's than that. saying a lot. <laughs> but, so, I mean, do you want to go ahead and talk about this scene? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's almost like it's just a, a scene full of quips that Nicholson is, is essentially talking to himself about. Right. He's going through, he's talking to the bartender, and he's, he starts talking about how, um, tells the story about how he jerked Danny and then, you know, popped his arm out and he's talking about how he's been sober and then he tells him what he wants to drink. He tells him he's got money in his pocket, pours a drink and he tells him, well, I'm a little short. And then he he says, don't worry about it. Your your money's or No, that's the next part. He says that. He says, my tab's open. Yeah. My tab's good. How's my tab? And he's like, your tab's always good here. Yeah. So see... Right there, it gave you a little, well, how did he know Lloyd, and how did Lloyd know mm-hmm. him? You know what I'm saying? So it's finally, it's not there yet, but it's all starting to come together. Right. And like Chris just said, you know, he's having that fit down the hallway, but as soon as he goes through those doors, the double doors, it's like, he's a, he was like a calm come to him, mm-hmm. you know? I figured that bartender was somebody like he knew from a past bar. Right. That he was imagining in there, since he had obviously been a drinker. Yeah. Well... Uh, I got a question that like was he really drinking or was he just imagining all that I, I think he was just imagining all of it I well cause was... I was yeah cause I, uh, what we speak, I was fixed to say is when Wendy runs into the room she's crying cause she says that uh, she says Jack uh, there's another person here there's a crazy woman in room 237 she tried to, she was in the bathtub she tried to struggle um, strangle Danny and I don't remember ever seeing his glass there I don't I mean, it, it may have been, but I don't remember seeing it. So, but I mean, she ran in there and it was like, it changed that quick, you know? Yeah. Um, what, what's the next one here? Uh, oh, we go to um, Mr., what's his name? Holleran? Holleran. Holleran. Yeah. And Danny, I'm guessing this is, because as she's telling him about the woman was trying to strangle him, it shows Mr. Hollerin in his bed, and all of a sudden, like, his mouth opens and his eyes get real big, and then it cuts over to Danny, and Danny's shaking. That's where he's shaking. With I thought he was having a seizure. I guess they're talking in the, in the Shining. Is that what y'all took from that? Or That's the way yeah. I got it. Like, he was he was telling Hollerin something's not, something's wrong here. You need to, you know, something, something's like bad. Sounds like a 911 call to it. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. SOS. We come back. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get him to come back to the hotel. Right. And now, this is what used to terrify me when I was younger. Jack goes up to room 237, and we don't know who it is yet. I mean, you just see the camera going through. Well, then you see a Jack's hand finally opens the bathroom door, and you see a young woman there. She's naked, and she's just kind of looking for a minute where she stands up, and she starts walking over Jack's. And the way Jack's uh, face is the entire time, like he looks scared when he first opens the door. Then she stands up and he's all like smiles. He's like mesmerized. Yeah. 
and she gets out of the tub and he walks over to him and I always wondered if that was like somebody from his past or if that, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I looked hard in that picture at the end to see if I could see her Yeah. and I didn't see her around him, you know. See, I, I don't, they never give you the story behind that room. Right. Like the first thing that popped in my head was the room, that was the room that Grady killed his wife in. That's what I thought. Yeah. And that, that's what I thought. But they never give you the story of what's so weird about room 237. Right. But I like the, what you noticed about that room. Oh, the Joker colors. Yeah. Yes. Was, everything was like green and purple. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I put then, something on there too. I'm sorry. Go no, no. It, then you go in the the bathroom, and the bathroom that got that bright green, and mm. had, that that room had Joker written all over it. <laughs> I put something on there too, because like while Jack was doing this, like Danny was kind of seeing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like they were kind of on the same uh, like paranormal like frequency. Right. Like he could see what his dad was doing that whole time. Right. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, well, Jack walks over to the woman and they start, you know, kissing, making out, whatever you want to call it. And as Jack opens his eyes and looks in the mirror, he sees a reflection and like her skin's all rotted. Like she'd been a dead body in that bathtub for a while. And he pulls apart and it's this creepy old lady. <laughs> and like her whole front half is all jacked up and it's, you know, it's all what would rotten off too. And she's just laughing, but she's walking like Frankenstein. I don't know if y'all noticed that, like her hands are sticking yeah. out in front of her. And she's just got the creepiest laugh, and Jack takes off running. And I remember every time, I don't know why I didn't fast forward the scene, but when I was younger, yes, I said fast forward because it was VHS. <laughs> when I watched it, uh, I would just close my eyes. I wouldn't actually fast forward that right. part. But uh, Jack takes off out of the room, and he locks the room, and you can still hear the woman laughing mm-hmm. in there. Um. So and it goes back to Wendy is in the um, room with uh, Danny. Danny's asleep, and Jack comes back, and she asks Danny, she goes, did you find anything? And he's like, I didn't find one gosh dang thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It seems like when he, when he saw the woman, it was like it was Jack, like the, the husband. Yeah. But then he goes back to Wendy, and it's always like the psychopath. You know, like, something was he just BSing her? Was he lying about her or what? Something in his wife brings that out in him. Well, maybe we need to start looking at the wife as the problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was kind of thinking, too. Like, so did that not happen? Or did that really happen? Yeah. Was he just blowing smoke? Like, what was the thing? Uh, one thing I, I, well, again, about room 237, like when he was playing, I was like, if that room freaked him out so bad, why is he just chilling like 10 feet from that That's door? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just outside the room playing. It's like, oh, that door's open. It's cool. just like he walked down the hallway and he was like, I'm just going to play outside this room if anybody wants to open this door. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. And then when uh, Wendy went like running to uh, Jack to tell him, hey, you know, an old lady tried to strangle him. It's like, where's Jack? Like, that's bad parenting. <laughs> if somebody just choked one of my kids, I'd be like, you tag along with me. I ain't going to leave you anywhere yeah. in this hotel. <laughs> You know, she locked him up. I did. Uh, you gonna come with me? It's a big place. <laughs> um. So, Wendy tells Jack uh, that they need to leave the hotel. Mm-hmm. And you know they're all in the ho- They're all in their little suite, their little living area. <laughs> and she tells Jack, you know, Danny's asleep. And she goes, "I'm telling you something's wrong. We need to leave the hotel." And of course, boom, he just goes straight from calm to upset that quick. Tells her he can't do it. He leaves the room and he goes straight back to uh, the gold room. This is where he's walking around. Because, you know, he, he he's upset because he's like, I agree to do this. Yeah. I can't just leave. 
So now it's going back to where, you know, y'all said that he was like punching the air and he was mumbling. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going back to it again, but this time when he sees the hallway, it's like balloons and he can hear uh, music going. And he goes into the gold room and there's a big party going on. Mm-hmm. Goes back to Lloyd and I don't remember exactly what he says to Lloyd, but he was just like, a couple hours gone, but I'm back or something like that, you know. Um, gets another drink. What's he say? Uh, this is where he says something about the the, uh, the money. He pulls his wallet yeah. out. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, your money's no good here. And he's like, well, Lloyd, I'd like to know who's paying for my drinks. Yeah. And it, what does he say for that? I don't think he... Oh, he was on the house is what he says, ain't it? Yeah, it was on the house. Then your money's no good here. And then he's just like, well, I'm the kind of guy that likes to know who's buying my drinks. Yep. And he basically told him, you don't even know right now. Yeah. Jack gets up, and it looks like he's like he starts dancing a little bit. Well, then we see a waiter comes by, and the waiter spills these, like, three drinks all over him, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never noticed that until you pointed it out about the handprint. I think it was you that said mm-hmm. something about it. But he spills all these drinks on uh, Jack, and um, he's like, why don't you come into the the gentleman's room and he goes we'll get you cleaned up and he goes he goes yeah you got a little bit on yourself too and he's like pats him on the back and you can see his handprint on there well i like the bathroom the red in the bathroom i don't know why but i don't i don't know and i love the way that was shot but just solid red and you know what stood out to me in the bathroom what it was something like completely off the wall the cubby holes that they had the towel sitting in right over the sink <laughs> like they had just like cubby holes right over the sink and the towels were just folded perfectly in those little cubby holes. Never uh, paid attention. I, I don't know why that stuck out to me. I didn't see it. All that daggum red in that room, and that's what I focused it on. It looked like a comfortable place to go poop. <laughs> <laughs> to go drop one. When they went in there, too, like, I'm sure you'll get into it, with, like, the conversation between them. Mm-hmm. He's twitching his hand. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I thought, like... Which one? Uh, Jack. Jack. Jack was, like, twitching his hand the whole time he's talking to him. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, he's about to kill this dude. <laughs> and that, I guess Will, that did he start like, twitching his hand the whole time, or did he just? Because I didn't notice his hand twitching like that until the guy said his name. When he said his name, maybe. Was Grady, yeah, that's when I noticed his hand was going like this, and I was like, "He's balling that fist up." Yeah, I, okay, yeah, I know what you're saying. Because I thought he was counting for a minute. Yeah, I thought he was about to like grab something, or, like kill that dude or something. But I straight thought he was fixing a coke off. Yeah, because it looked like you know he was getting ready to lay one into him. Yeah, so as soon as he says Grady. You can see him, like you said, he's twitching his hand, and you know, of course, they're they're cleaned up now. Mm-hmm. And he looks over at him and he goes, "You married, Grady?" He goes, "Yes, I got a wife, got kids." He's like, "I got two girls," and he's still twitching that hand, like mm-hmm. you said. And he asked him, "Was he a caretaker at one point?" And Grady denies it, don't he? Grady's mm-hmm. like, "No." Yep. So, I'm guessing like once they do their thing and they come back, you know, they're haunting that. It's like they have a whole other identity. Like, they're they're a part of that staff of that hotel. Right. It's the way I took it. But um, but this is where Grady's finally saying, look, my wife and girls got out of hand. I had to correct them. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could be so bold, you need to correct yours. So now it's finally, okay, he's telling them, you need to kill your wife and son. So and all, while that's going is Tony is talking to Danny you know he's saying red rum he's yelling at red rum again mm. <laughs> with the finger yeah the finger sitting there talking to him and then it cuts to 8 a.m. in the morning 
Okay, so now we know. I'm going to say Tony and Danny both know, okay, Trouble's there now. And now we know, okay, um, Jack's possessed pretty much. He's That's what he's out to do. So now it's 8 a.m. and we see that uh, Mr. Holleran is flying to Denver to go check out the Torrance family. Um, he was trying to get a hold of them all night, wasn't it? Yeah, he was trying to call through and he couldn't. And then uh, he finally got a hold of the sheriff that uh, Wendy had been talking to. He said, you know, I'm trying to get all these people. I can't. We just, you know, keep trying to get a hold of them. He said, yeah, call me back in like 20 minutes. So he was he was trying to get a hold of them over the phone. It just and Jack had taken out the things from the radios yeah. and cutting them off. Yeah, and he, uh, he finally, he's, while he's at the airport, he calls his buddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is it, Tony Burton? Is that his name? Yeah. Yep, he played in all the Rocky movies, and uh, he calls him and tells him, "Hey, look, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize that it was Duke. Him. Yeah, it was Duke. I didn't he even says, realize I, it was Duke. He says, "I'm in Denver," and he was like, "I need to get up to the uh, Overlook Hotel," and he's like, well, "What are you doing up there?" And he he gives him a BS story. He's like, "Ah, oh, these people, you know, the boss called and told me we're probably gonna let them go because they're not doing their job." But he asked him for a snowcat, is what y'all called it, right? Yep, and. It's killing because he's like, well, how soon can you remember? He's like, oh, five hours. I was like, okay, five hours ain't nothing, you know. But he says, uh, excuse me. He says, okay, well, I'll see what we can do. So, obviously, he's going to help him out. But the next scene, to me, is the best scene of the entire movie. Uh, This is the one that every time I see, I think the acting's the best in this scene. I think this is where things really start to pick up. So Wendy, she's walking into the room where, you know, Jack's been typing, you know, doing his writing. And she goes over to the paperwork, and the paper that's actually in the typewriter, all it says is, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So then she starts going through all the other papers, the stack of papers he's got, and it just says it over and over. And I like, because you even pointed out the typos in it. Well, what, what I liked about it is, like, the way it was typed out on the page was it was typed out like you would expect a, a book to be written. Yeah. Like, yeah, the indentions just right and some, you know, the spacing and everything. It looked like he was typing a book and that was that was the whole phrase. Like whole conversations book. and everything that yeah. he was writing. Yeah. But, um, as she's sitting there going through it, this is one of my favorite camera shots. It shows a typewriter and all of a sudden, it's like a view from the ground, like somebody was on their back recording from the bottom of the typewriter, and her head just appears over it, yeah. and she's reading it. And I mean, she looks scared to death. And all of a sudden, you see the camera coming around, which is Jack's, you know, he's seen it through his eyes. Jack's coming around the corner, and he's like, you like it? You know, and she jumps, <laughs> and she screams like, you know, bloody murder. And this scene right here is, like I said, the dialogue between both of them. This is the one that I watched that making of, and he and Stanley Kubrick just kept drilling Shelley. Nope, nope, you got to do it. I mean, yeah. she did multiple takes on it. You could tell she was literally wore down from it. Well, that's what I say. I, like I said earlier and before that her acting was kind of to me, but I'll say she plays scared and freaked out a whole lot better than she plays happy-go-lucky because mm-hmm. her acting was just like a complete turnaround from the way it was when she was happy-go-lucky and all this kind of stuff as opposed to when she's completely freaked out and hysterical. Like, her acting was so much better at the end of the movie. 
I love when she's like, he's like, what do you think we should do with Danny? And she's like, I think we should take him to a hospital. And, he, and uh, he goes, when would you want to do that? As soon as possible? As soon as possible! Yeah. And the way he says it, you know, he mocks her. Are you even worried about me? Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I love, like I said, they get up the stairs, you know. She's like, get away. And he's like, Wendy, darling, light of my, my life. life. <laughs> you know, he's like, give me the bat. And he's like, you didn't, I'm not going to hurt you. And she swings it. He goes, you didn't let me finish. He goes, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. You know, he's like all calm and cool as he says it. And he goes, bash him the F right in, you know. <laughs> I just love how he's constantly saying, give me the bat, Wendy, give me the bat. And then he's just like got his hands up like this and he starts tonguing. He's like, give me the bat, give me the bat. Yeah, he's like taunting her. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. And then she, and I, who is it? I think, I think it was our mom actually watched that. And she was like, look how she holding that bat. I'd be swinging that thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> But like he he didn't think she was gonna swing, and then she hit him in the hand. He was like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cold coffee on Sunday. <laughs> she where where'd she hit him at first? She hit him. She hit him in the hand, I yeah. think. Yeah, because he, he went, went to reach for it, and he's yeah. like, "Ooh!" <laughs> then she popped him inside the head, and he yeah. fell down the steps. And uh, so he he she knocks him out, and then it shows. Uh, I best call her Shelly. That's not her real name, or that's her, not her name in the movie. Wendy's dragging him to the. Uh, the storage locker. Which I don't understand. I sure enough thought she was putting him in the freezer. <laughs> it did look like a freezer. But how is this little 85-pound woman dragging this? He had to have been at least a buck 75, buck 80. Okay, but you've heard about the mothers that can lift cars off their kids. Stuff. She wasn't in distress right now. Maybe she was. You don't know. Hey, no. She was just dragging him along and she was freaked out. Maybe she asked one of the cameramen, hey, help me pull him. I believe this. it. <laughs> well, he had pointed out they're in a hotel. They've got all these luggage carts rolling around. She couldn't throw him on a luggage cart. Yeah, throw him on there and just wheel his butt in there. Yeah, you put him right Sorry in the freezer. And just kick the crate. Well, right by the time she go find it, he gonna be awake. Then it's round again. Then it's round. <laughs> she got the bags and now she's in the kitchen with knives. I cut his throat and be done with it. Well, she she brings him in and she and uh, she locks him in, and he what she he's waking up as she's getting him through the little the door, and when she locks him in, I think this is another good scene from Jack Nicholson, like. You know, he's pissed off, and she's crying, and she grabs a big old knife, and he realizes, all right, me yelling ain't going to help, and he's like, Wendy, he's like, I'm hurt real bad, you know, like, he's trying to get sympathy from her, you know. Well, you mentioned the typewriter part being your favorite camera shot, that's my favorite camera shot. Oh, from up from above? Inside, or, yeah, from below. Like, just right under the camera at the door. Yeah. And he's just over there, and he's just banging on the door, and he looks at that handle, and he's got that handle, and he's just twisting it like it's going yeah, to get it yeah. open and stuff, and it's, that was my favorite camera shot. And you could tell that. They had to, I mean, I'm sure he followed the script on everything, but the movements and stuff is all Jack. Like, you know, you just... I'd love to know how much of his lines were ad-libbed, especially in those intense scenes like that. Right. He probably got him all worked up. I was like, just do you. Yeah. Just just do your thing. Get the face going. Yeah. Do your face the way you do your face, and then just talk. Well, it cuts to now it's 4 p.m., so it's later in that same day, and uh, Grady... Grady's voice, you know, you see Jack laying there, and you can tell he's been eating. He had, like, Oreos, peanut butter open, all this stuff. And you can hear Grady's voice, and he's like, uh, Mr. Torrance. He gets up, goes to the door, and he's like, I'm afraid you're failing at your uh, mission here. And he's like, you ain't got to rub it in, Grady. You know? <laughs> but he's almost getting pissed because he's like, oh, y'all don't have faith. Like, the other people don't have faith in me to do this. And he's like, I won't disappoint you. And all of a sudden, you hear all the locks happening. It never shows him getting out, but you know what's you know going on. 
Um, that goes back to it too. Like, was he seeing all that? Because obviously somebody unlocked the door. So it was like, then people were real. It was oh no, I, I think <laughs> no, I think the people were real once. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's hard. I think when he's when he's talking to the people, they're legit there, but they're not there for her yet. You know what I'm saying? Because, see, Danny's already seen it, too. So I think they're there. It's just that, she, uh, why do I keep wanting to call her Shelly? I'll give one the real name. Wendy's not seeing it. Uh, so now we finally see that Mr. Uh, Holleran is in a snowcat, and he's heading to the hotel. So we know help's on the way. Well, then it cuts to Danny, and here he goes again. Red rum. You know, and he's slow. This is one of the only scenes that I was like, Man, you could have sped this scene up. He walks all the way to the bed. It did take a long time. Yeah, grabs the <laughs> knife, rubs the knife with his finger, turns around, goes gets the red lipstick, and then he turns around again. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, see, that's what I'm sitting there watching the whole time when he grabbed the knife and he started running his finger down. And I remember thinking, I was like, I know I haven't seen this movie in a while. I'm right. Pretty sure he wrote on the door with lipstick. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was getting ready to write that's on the door with his finger. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I, apparently, have I never seen this movie before? Because I was like, What's the the blood? And then he goes over and gets. I was like, "There's the lipstick." Okay. It was like even like the pop figure you got, where it says red rum on the, mm-hmm. the case of it. It looks like blood. It does. So I thought when he rubbed his thumb, that's what I thought he did. I right. thought he was going to wrap that with like his own blood. Yeah. Like that would have been a little creepier, but yeah. that would have been awesome. <laughs> Very Stephen King. Yeah. So. He writes red room on the door, and when he wakes his mom up, because he just starts yelling, he's like, red room, red room, red room, red room. And when, uh, Wendy hops up, and she sees in the mirror the reflection that says murder. Mm-hmm. As soon as she reads it and she screams, you hear the boom, and now Jack's, uh, Jack is out, and he's got the axe. This is what I love, is when he's chopping the door, the camera follows every swing. He leans yeah. back, the camera follows it, and boom, it goes on impact. I'll, and every time I see that part, I think of a uh, Twister. Y'all remember the movie Twister? Uh-huh. They're at the drive-through or drive-in, I mean, and the tornado's coming, and they're watching this movie as the uh, the drive uh, uh, yeah. the tornado coming, yeah. and he's chopping as the uh, <laughs> tornado's getting the uh, screen. But anyway, um, so now it's the big, I guess you'd call it the final act of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's chopping the door down. He he gets it where he can stick his head. He goes, Wendy, I'm home. And he comes in. He unlocks the door. Well, Wendy and um, Danny run into the bathroom. They lock the door. And she can't get the window all the way up, so she lets Danny out. And he slides down on the snow. And I would have done anything. I would have broke that window somehow to be able to get out of that bathroom. My big tail probably wouldn't have got out of it with the window gone. Well. <laughs> I don't believe she couldn't have got out of it. That's me. Yeah. She's like a twig. The whole movie, she's this little bitty thing, and now what? You all of a sudden put on another fifty pounds? <laughs> can't get through the window. But she can't get the, she can't get out the window. And she goes, Danny, run, go hide. And another part, I, if you, uh, I've got it on my Facebook. I have to tag y'all in it. But there's a video out there, and it's Jack Nicholson getting psyched up for this scene, and uh, the camera's just panning around watching, you know, people, and you see him over there, and he's jumping up and down, he's going, come on, come on, he's yeah. getting himself psyched up, and he gets the axe, and he's, like, shaking it, and that's what he was doing to get himself in this moment, and you can hear him saying, psycho, psychopath, like, he's talking to himself. See, I love it when he starts talking about little pig, little yeah. pig, let me in, and then it's, again, the Nicholson facial expressions, mm-hmm. man, he's a knock by the hair on my chitty, chin chin. I love it. Well, I love how when he goes to knock on it, it's like, you know, you would knock like you're... Like yeah. you're like somebody's in the bathroom, you're checking, and how his eyes go back and forth, and he's like, 
I'm not gonna get an answer, you know. <laughs> but like you said, then yeah, and he's like, and I'll huff and I'll puff, and he rears that thing back, and of course the camera uh, starts doing it again. So he's banging or he's getting through the door with the axe. And this is where uh, Shelly Duvall actually shined. I mean, her reaction every time that axe would come through the door. Scream. Yes, bloody murder, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is the big famous. You know, line. He sticks his head in. He's like, "Here's Johnny." Mm-hmm. He goes to open the door. She cuts his hand with the uh, the knife, and it, when he when he gets thrown back into the room, like you know, he grabs his hand. Then we hear the snowcat coming up, and it's like everything gets calmed down for a minute because he realizes, okay, somebody's here. So he just leaves her, and goes down. And like you guys said, I never really even thought about that, but he leaves her. She could have stuck her head out while. Uh, Dick is getting out of the uh, snowcat and hollering him, hey, hey, you know, something. You would think if I heard something, somebody was trying to come at me with an axe, and I heard somebody pulling up, and I knew for a fact I could at least get my head out the window, I'd be be screaming. (laughs) So, we don't know where Jack's at. We don't know where, uh, yeah, we see Danny. He went and hid in like this little, what would you call it, like a little cabinet. Cabinet or something, yeah. Had like pots of uh, Jurassic Park. Yes, yes. (laughs) It really did. I was just waiting to see if he's going to do the old reflection trick. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets in there, and then um, Mr. Uh, what was I say his name? Halloran. Halloran. Why can I not get his name? Mr. Halloran comes in, and he's like, uh, anybody home? You know, anybody here? And, you know, you see Jack. You can't, you can't see him coming in, but you just hear his voice, and Jack's looking around. Well, sure enough, he's walking down the hall, and... Uh, Mr. Hollerin's walking, and he's still hollering, and all of a sudden Jack comes out of nowhere, and he gets that axe deep in that dude's chest. Yeah, he did. And as he's killing him, Danny, I guess, has seen it, or... I thought that, yeah, he could... Earlier in the movie, he was seeing what his dad was doing, plus he's communicating with Hollerin that whole time, so yeah. maybe he kind of felt this pain, and he's seen it happen, you know, even though he was down the hall hiding in the right. cabin. Right, right. So he's screaming, and I love this. As he's screaming and it gets real silent, you don't see, all you see is the hallway. And then Jack Nicholson slowly comes up in the camera view, and he's like, "Danny, Danny boy, I love that." And so Danny takes off running and he's just hooting and hollering, which he's limping because he got his ankle jacked up when he fell down the steps. Yep. So he's following her with the, he's following Danny with the axe, and Wendy she's looking for Danny. And now that I guess all this chaos is going, now her eyes are finally open and she's seeing all the ghosts that are haunting this hotel she sees a bear <laughs> with no butt with no butt <laughs> on top of this guy and like the, the the guy sets up and the bear sets up you know it's freaky yeah and then later on when she goes back down to down, down the stairs she's still hollering for danny um she sees it's grady in it is that is that Grady the one that was holding that glass where it had a split on his head? You know, I don't know. That's, that's who I, I thought it was. I, I couldn't too. tell. Well, me and you had both made the comment we were both kind of waiting for his head to split. Yeah. Like I, I was expecting him to turn around and the back of his head be gone. I was like, yeah, that's Grady. Yeah, was he like heck of a party in it or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, but I, I honestly I couldn't tell because he had the blood <laughs> on his face and I couldn't tell if that was the same guy that played was playing Grady or not. Yeah, that's who I thought it was. Cause like even like same thing like when uh, that Halloran dude took the axe to the chest. I'll be honest, I really thought there was going to be more to him. 
They built him up the whole movie, and then it's just like, and you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I really liked how he was playing that character. Mom didn't like that either. When She's like, he better not die. Oh! <laughs> like, it was just it, you know? It's like the one dude in the movie that gets <laughs> gets axed. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay. <laughs> Well, the one dude, I, well, we'll get to it in a second, I guess. But after Wendy sees the guy with the uh, drink, I think it's Grady. I may be wrong, though. I yeah, think it was. I, was. I just couldn't, I couldn't she, make out stuff on his face. She goes down the hallway, and then now she finally sees the blood coming out of the, the elevator. Mm-hmm. And it's like hitting the furniture. She's seeing exactly what Danny's seeing. Yeah, he's been, he, he's been seeing flashes of that through right. the whole movie. And she's finally getting, now we're finally seeing that whole thing come to fruition. So it's like. I think it was more of a premonition on Danny's part. Like, he was getting ready to see... He was seeing something that was getting ready to happen. Right. And she just happened to be the one to be there what, when it was happening. What kind of gets me, too, is when she's upstairs, she runs into this big room, and it's all skeletons. Mm-hmm. And, like, cobwebs and everything. It's like a ballroom that's just been abandoned. Yeah, and I was like, now, hold on. <clears throat> is that real? Like, is that really up there, or is that just... Is... Yeah, I've been there for two months. You would have stumbled across that. <laughs> yeah. <as well. laughs> so she runs off... And the whole time she's looking for Danny, Danny uh, ran into the maze because mm-hmm. his dad, Jack, turned the lights on and he saw Danny hiding behind that snow cat. So Danny's running through the maze. Jack's chasing him. And the whole time he's chasing him, I, just, I don't know, I just, Danny, I'm right behind you. I love it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Danny plays a slick. He starts retracing his steps because, you know, it's snowing outside and Jack's following Danny's footprints. So he's backing up into the uh, his own put, footprints, and now he's wiping them all away, and he's hiding. So Jack uh, finally catches up to him, but he has no idea which way he went. You know, I think he actually split it off right and left. Yeah. So Jack just heads off one way. Well, Danny starts taking off, and he can hear his mother screaming. You know, she's looking for him. He falls, like, right when he gets to the exit, he falls, and there's... Uh, Wendy, she's like, Danny, she throws a knife down, which is, I'm always like, why do y'all throw the weapon down? Typical white woman in a horror movie. <laughs> she grabs Danny, and Jack Jack is still in the maze. And you can tell now he's like, his body's getting wore down. He's mm-hmm. His ankle's killing him. He's freezing. Probably concussed. Yeah. <laughs> she gets him into the, uh, the snowcat. Danny and Wendy get the snowcat to take off. And as it's going off, Jack's hearing it. But it's funny because I guess he's yelling for her, but you you can't make out what he's saying. No, he's just, oh. At one point, the only thing that I ever made out that he was saying, it sounded like he was saying, wait. Wait. Or something like that. But other than that, he was just moaning. I think his, uh, his head injury. <laughs> Plus, he was probably, uh, what do you call it, when you, you're just freezing to death. Uh-huh. He was just like going out of it slowly but surely, and then he just collapsed. So he collapses. He falls in, which I, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I love right when um, the snowcat goes up the hill with Danny and Wendy in it. The fog. The fog covers yeah. them. It, it was almost like the gates to the uh, hotel was closing. Right. And right when it right when uh, the fog come around, it cuts to Jack, and he finally falls. And But it's funny because he falls, he sits there for a second, and then just like, bam, real quick, it's the next morning, and he's See, froze. I hated yeah. that. I hated the way. I mean, I, I liked that look and everything, but the way they did it, mm-hmm. like I feel like they could have zoomed in on him while he was like right after he fell, right, and then just kind of got really close and then zoomed out and he was frozen. Yeah, it was it was so quick. It was just like they it was like he fell out. frozen. But yeah. I, 
And I think it's cool. I like the idea that he, he froze to death, but I hate how he's looking up. He's like, Ugh. you know. <laughs> I've always I, I like the look on his face. You know, his, his teeth. Cause yeah, and I like that. It was a Jack Nicholson expression. Yeah, but I just don't like the way they went into it. It, it was too quick. They, yeah, I thought it was gonna be something where like, you know, he collapsed, and then like the police or something come to investigate, and they find him like that or something. I have expected two people to walk up and pick him up. Yeah, and just walk off with him. But okay. I thought it. I wish it would have been where when they drove off, Evil Jack was gone, and it was actually the husband, and he was like, wait. But I would have liked to have seen that. No. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, it ain't that way, so. No, that's not how they want it. So anyway, so now he's frozen, and then you hear this little, like, ballroom music playing, and the camera's slowly panning to the hallway, and there's these picture frames. Well, we see a picture, and it's got all the people that was in the ballroom. And in the very front is Jack Torrance, and he's young. And it says, uh, July 4th, Overlook Hotel, uh, 1921. And then the movie ends. So, y'all's opinion, did it, when I first watched it, when I mean, as an adult, when I started putting pieces together, I felt like his soul went to the hotel, and now he's a part of that hotel the rest of his, you know, for eternity. So, and y'all's, and then other people say, well, he was really there this whole time. Like he had a, you know, how they say, uh, he had a life before. Oh, yeah. What do you, what's y'all's opinion on that? The ending just confused me, I'll be honest. Like, it's going to be one of those things, I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to be like, YouTube, The Shining, Ending Explained. Yeah. Right. I'm going to watch a couple of those, because like, sometimes you'll watch those and they'll point stuff out that's like, oh, okay. Makes more sense. Yeah. But like, I, I seen that and it was like, 1921, it's like, so was this like, was he a ghost, like, type of thing or like I, I didn't know it, it really like it confused me like especially like the first time ever seeing it I was like okay <laughs> I, well you know he, he said he felt at home when he got there yeah but still I feel like he aged and all that I still feel like when he died on that property that's where that's where his soul went that's that's what I took out i I don't know, it was kind of like when he was walking through and he started talking to Lloyd in the bar and all this kind of stuff. and It was like he known, knew all these people. Mm-hmm. So then that's part of me was like, well, maybe this is just like a previous life. you know? Right. He just happens to look similar or whatever. But I, I honestly, I think they, the way they meant to do it was anybody's soul is, when they die on the property, is captured in that picture. That's the way I took it. That's the way I think it would be best. For- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... Maybe it's one of those things where it's like every 10 years something like that happens. <coughs> Maybe he Maybe. was the first. And then like a new person comes in and gets that position as caretaker. Right. And it's like he almost like takes over. Well, I'm I bet gonna, nobody ever going to do a caretaker again. No, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and look and get a better shot of the picture to see if I recognize any of the other people. Because I, for a second there, the woman that was right to his left mm-hmm. was an older woman. I thought it was the woman from the tub. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, it'd be kind of hard to tell because he wasn't all decayed and jacked up. But Well, that is our review of the classic 1980 horror mystery film, The Shining. And now comes the good part where we rate it. And you know what? Randy, I'm going to let you uh, give it the I first knew you were going to yep. do that to me. <laughs> yeah, Randy, I'm going to let you uh, do it, bud. Uh, all right, so taking this movie... 
again, remembering that it's in 1980. <laughs> For me, all the movies that we've watched, some of the older ones, like the 70s, mm-hmm. the 78, the 74, um, this movie to me, to be a movie that was done in 1980, was awesome. Right. I think it was very well done. I, while I didn't care for um, Shelley Duvall's happy-go-lucky acting, when she started kicking up and the hysterical freaked out, I, I thought it was amazing. It was it was awesome. She plays that terrified role so much better. Jack Nicholson is always going to be one of my favorite actors. Right. Um, I thought the little boy did a really good job. It was, to me, he was like a, a depressed Andy Barclay. Uh, I liked the premise of the entire movie, and it had a very. It was written by Steve King, and it makes a lot of sense if you if you've ever watched a whole lot of Stephen King Stephen King's books or mm-hmm. movies, or read any of his books. It had that Stephen King vibe. It's just right. that creepy, just just Stephen Kingish. He's got his own little genre. Um, for me, I'm gonna give it a four point five. I'm not going to give it a full five just because probably Shelly and her oh happy-go-lucky acting at the very beginning of it. And that's the only reason. And there were some other other scenes <coughs> that, you know, people were, like I said, they I felt like they was reading like they were in play. Okay. But um, that that's the only thing that's going to knock off half a point. All right. Um, I thought it was shot really well. Like I said, the... I mean, like 30 minutes into the movie, the camera angles really caught my attention just because it was stuff that I either hadn't seen or I think they did better than mm-hmm. some of the newer people have tried to do with those type of uh, angles and stuff like that. Uh, I liked it. Um, like he said, the acting was really good. Uh, the only thing, the only time I was really taken out of the movie, like I said, was anytime anybody was on the phone or when she was on the, uh, the little uh, radio talking yeah. to the police because it was just like, Hey, yep, we're fine. I'm okay. Thanks. Bye. And it's just like <sighs> that was the only part that really took me out of it. Uh, like I, I'd watch it again. Uh, and you're talking about uh, going back to the ending. I think that's one thing that, like, the reason people can do reviews like this is because the ending it's open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Right. You can talk about it and like, well, this is what I thought. Well, that's what you thought. And you might come up with you know six different things, so I liked it. If I if I'm gonna rate it, I'm gonna give it like a three point five. Told you what I told him before. He's like, "What do you think you thought?" And I was like, three, three point five. Mm-hmm. All right. So now my I'm gonna go ahead and give it a four point five, and I'll tell you. Copycat. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Anyway. <laughs> it, it don't get a full five from me just because, you know, I'm I'm gonna name. A few things that, like, I didn't like about it, you know, because, like I said, we're nitpicking. I mean, this is what right, the whole right, thing's about. Right. I needed more backstory. Mm-hmm. I did want to know more backstory. Uh, two, like you said, the acting, there was sometimes it was, and it was, and I, like I said, I like Shelly Duvall, mm-hmm. but there was a few scenes where I was just like, ah, she's phoning it in. or And like you said, the Forest Rangers, mm-hmm. anybody like that. Uh the, some of the scenes took so long that I was like, okay, you're dragging them out. Let's, and I get it, but I mean, like, the, but there were some because they wouldn't even be talking. It was just like, wow, how long do I need to look at that wall? How long do I need to go down this hallway? You know what I'm saying? If you ask some people, they're like, they're building suspense. Like, no, they're dragging it out. Right. <laughs> they, they just want more runtime. 
But now the the stuff I really enjoy is like I said, Jack Nicholson knocked it out of the ballpark. And like I said, I don't even know if we'd be having this conversation if Jack Nicholson wasn't even in the film. But he knocked it out of the ballpark. I loved uh, his acting. Camera work is some of the best in any films I've seen. Uh, his his view, uh, Stanley Kubrick's view, and the way he can get it across the screen, I think, is amazing. So that's my biggest thing right there. Uh, one thing that really caught me was the, I don't know if y'all caught it, was the music, the score of it, the heartbeat. It was like, dum, dum. Mm -hmm. It just played so long. I really enjoyed that. But, like I said, I'm not going to give it a full five because it did have, you know, it did have things to me that I was like, okay, you know, where, how all, did all these people, if this was just a tragedy that happened when Grady killed his family, well, explain to me all the other people. You see what I'm saying? There was just some uh, backstory that I needed, more backstory I needed. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 4.5 stars, so. Copycat. Hey, it is what it is, bud. Now, I may end up rating it higher at some point. But it's one of those I'll have to go back and watch, and I'm gonna watch some YouTube videos, right. kind of explaining some stuff. Cause, like, so just watching it and going right into this, like, it's like, what happened here? Yeah, what okay. is that? Supposed I need to, to see mean? that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, even on the YouTube videos, you're gonna get their perspective. Yeah. Like right. we're sitting here talking, mm -hmm. but, and it is like, yes, The Shining is one of my favorite horror films, but I like it because it's a mystery, but. It's not one that I can watch over and over and over and over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not one that I watch every couple months, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, having said that, so we got a 4.5, a 4.5, and a 3.5 star. So. Yeah. Which is actually probably about a, about a half star more than I thought you were going to get. Right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate it. And you talking about the music. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I noticed when it started kind of picking up. They was doing that drawn out, like, like, and it reminded me of Insidious. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I thought Insidious did that better. Did you? Yeah, because, like, on here, it almost started getting to the point where I was getting annoyed by it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, they, they did keep it for a long time. Yeah, that's what I was just Where like, Insidious okay. would do it, and it would just, like, for a good minute or two. Then. Yeah. When, when, when they did it in Insidious, it was more of, bam! Yeah. It was just like, it's just like they're going to lead it up real quick and then knock right. it in with a... Uh, scared you know jump scare or something like right. that so well that is it that is our review on the shining this is our first episode of the new year and uh we cannot wait for oh, the next episode oh man this month is dedicated to haunted hotels i guess you could say oh yeah because we are super excited our next episode will be 1408 john cusack yes samuel l jackson it is a I don't know how you, what you would you say, spectacular film. You've never seen that one either? I've seen pieces of it. Oh, Holy my gosh. crap. But it's Dude. a spectacular film. Oh, my gosh. I went to theaters to watch this with my wife, and John Cusack's acting in this was just amazing. It, 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 I mean, it, it, it's a creepy but yet heartfelt film. It really is. There's some there's some scenes in that movie that really make you go, that was completely unnecessary. Right. But it was so good. So so we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of uh, Small Town Horror. And like I said, um, give us a like on Facebook and Instagram at Small Town Horror Podcast. Give us a follow and subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And uh, until next time, uh, we're going to be signing off. So I'm Johnny Reyes. 
Randy Howard. Chris Reyes. All right, you guys have a good day. Stay spooky.